Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Mike, and this is my co-host, Josh. What's up? And uh, we are recording the first episode of the Bankroll Burners podcast. And uh, what this is, is, is Josh and I are two mediocre uh, poker players who we really enjoy grinding those low streaks streets. And, um, you know, we like talking about the game as though we were perhaps slightly better than, than me than mediocre poker players. And, um, that's what we're going to go, going to do here. Uh, yeah, I, would, so I, I would really add on to that, that, you know, don't take anything we say seriously because we we're probably, uh, we're, you know, really mediocre might be giving us too much credit. That's true, actually. Yeah, you know, there's lots of podcasts out there where you can get like advice on your poker game from professionals with with proven track records, and <laughs> this is not that podcast. So uh, this yeah, is more our, like when when our biggest ever win barely cracks four figures. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's that's accurate. So, um, yeah. So I would say, you know, this is more like you know, discussing hands uh, with your buddies. And then, you know, basically what we're going to do here is, is uh, Josh and I each have two hands from the past uh, week or so of playing poker uh, that we've kind of written down that we thought were interesting. And um, we're going to take turns uh, sharing them with each other. And neither one of us has heard the other's hands yet. So it's going to be kind of a live discussion reaction uh, we're going to go through the hands with a fine tooth comb and see where we screwed up, see how uh, we could have done better. Um, that that Does that just about cover it, Josh? I think that's it. Okay. Well, why don't we jump into it then? I'll, I'll start uh, with a hand I played uh, playing 2-2 in, in Jacksonville, Florida. Um which is kind of the lowest stakes that they don't really have a one, two. It's just and two, wait, two. And which, which room is this? Just, you know, there are a few, few of these rooms scattered in Jacksonville. So which, 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 which room are you playing at here? This is Orange Park. Or, this is, this is, this is best bet Orange Park, which is a bit more of a passive room, I would say, than the other room, which is, which is best bet Jacksonville has a bit more action. So it's a bit more actiony type players. So, you know, that's, that's definitely relevant context. So, so we're playing two, two, it's it's seven handed and um i'm actually the effective stack in this hand with 160 bucks in front of me the cap is 200 and normally i i like to top off but for whatever reason i just wasn't in this particular hand yet in this particular hand so i'm sitting there uh with 160 and uh, you know we've been playing maybe an hour so it ha hasn't been that eventful of a session so far um and the hijack is this guy um, who's like, he's an older guy. I would say he's, you know, and he's not like super old. He's like probably in his late fifties. Um, and, but he was actually like playing reasonably well from what I could tell, you know, a lot of times these older, you know, these guys in their late fifties are just like, you know, ridiculously passive type players. But this guy was not, you know, he was, he was making some good moves. I saw him run a few bluffs. Um, and he was also running super hot. Like he had aces like three times in, 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 in 10 hands or something. And he was that just helps. making sets. Yeah. So he was doing all right. He was very deep. Um, and he's, he opens up this hand. It folds to him. We're seven handed and it folds to him. Uh, and he opens to $7, um, which is a really small raise size for this game. Most people are opening to 12, 10 or 12, maybe even 15. And he was too sometimes opening to those sizes. 
But this hand he only opened a seven. And I, I didn't know if to read much too into it because he had done it once before at least. And uh, like, so he'd done it a few times and, and I don't think his hand was terrible the first time he did it. So I'm, I don't know to read too much into this bet size, but it's certainly small for, for the game. Um, and immediately the cutoff calls and the cutoff is bad. The cutoff wow. is a bad player. Wow. Um, yeah. So the cutoff calls and I'm in the button and I have ace of hearts, 10 of spades. So this is sort of the first decision point in the hand. Um, I, I think that uh, there's a number of things that could be done here, but I'm, what, I'm curious what you think, what you do here, Josh. Well, you know, to be honest, I mean, I, I think, I think the uh, prevailing theory would probably be that this is kind of a razor fold spot. I think ace 10 is kind of not strong enough to make up to just flat call. You know, it's, you're going to be dominated a, a decent amount of the time. You don't, it's not suited. Um, so you, you don't have that sort of extra equity. Um, that said, I might call anyway because I'm, you know, on the button and I'm bad and I like to see flops, um, especially against pretty bad players and for, you know, such a small sizing. Um, but I, I could I could definitely get on board with sort of a three bet, you know, probably get the cutoff out at least. And if the hijack's playing reasonably well and somewhat tight, then it might also might actually, you know, kind of get through, assuming the blinds are relatively weak as well. So I'd, 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 I might I might go for a three a, a three bet here. Okay, what, what sizing would you take? Well, I'd probably go uh, about about uh, you know standard three x plus one for the limper, so that makes twenty eight. So I'd, pro- I'd probably bump it up to thirty, just account you know kind of accounting for the blinds and making it a round number. Okay, I think that's reasonable, and I think I would do that sometimes, and I think I would also fold this hand sometimes. And I, I agree that it's probably too weak to call for the most part. I did end up calling, and I did it mostly because it was such a cheap raise size. I was like, you know, this could represent kind of a weaker part of his range. I know the cutoff is bad. I'd be curious to see kind of what can develop here. I think it's probably bad thinking. I think if I knew the hijack was also bad, it's probably fine to just call here. But I think this is it's probably a mistake to call. I think three betting, you know, it's definitely a junky hand to three bet with but in, yeah. these, in these live games you can get away with that a lot yeah so. that, that's why i kind of feel like folding maybe is, is the best option just because also if you call given the size i mean i i feel like the blinds are just going to call a ton of hands which is also, exactly, like, you, don't, you don't really want to take this hand five ways <laughs> that's exactly what happens josh so we're going five ways oh um, good I, good yeah i think i probably like if I agree that folding is probably the best line here, but I did call. So we're, I call, we're five ways. This is $35. We didn't warn you listeners. We did. (laughs) That's right. You received a warning uh, about the the caliber of play you'd be hearing about here. So um, we're going $35 to a flop. It's queen of spades, jack of hearts, 10 of hearts. And I think this is a really interesting flop for my specific holding. So, um, so, you know, because we've got the backdoor backdoor nut flush draw, we've got a gutter to Broadway, we've got bottom pair, and possibly, you know, if we could make trips or something here, that could probably, that could be good. You know, we have a lot of potential um, going on, and basically what happens is the hijack, is the blinds check and the hijack bets again, he does continuation bet here. Uh, into five into four other people, which I think is noteworthy. Uh, and he bets fifteen dollars. and um the cutoff folds pretty quickly, not surprising. 
And so what do you think you do in my spot? Once again, the flop is queen of spades, jack of hearts, ten of hearts, and my hand is ace of hearts, ten of spades. Well, I think I'm probably... I, I'm probably happy to just call here. I, I I know we have a bunch of you know we we let, like we have some equity. I think the best thing that's going for our hand is really the the backdoor nut flush draw. Honestly, you know, we do have that gutter to Broadway, but it's not really a good gutter in that it does make us the nuts sometimes. I mean, it does make us the nuts if it's a non if it's a non heart, but it's like the most obvious draw, right? Like King Queen Jack Ten, you're just like never getting paid off by like right. anything worse. Um, so right. I, I don't really like, and, um, the, the initial razor just has such a massive nut advantage on a queen jack 10 board that just because he has all the ace kings and no one else should really ever have them. So I don't, I don't really like raising here. Um, but I also think we do have plenty of equity with the pair backdoor draw and like a king still does make us the nuts and gets us, you know, a bunch of dead money. So I'm, I'm happy to call kind of, and evaluate, you know, what the blinds do. But if things start going crazy multi-way, I'm, I'm probably... You know, not not too attached to the hand, let's say. Yeah, I think if I were to call here and then one of the blinds were to check raise, I think this is just a trivial fold at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but um, I, yeah, I think I think I agree with everything you said. I will say one other downside to this hand is if we do make Broadway, we're very likely chopping with a lot of the hijacks range here. You yeah. know, you can have yeah. Ace Queen, Ace Jack. And of course, you can have Ace King for the nuts right now, which then just gets, you know, is still the nuts and just chops the best. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess, um, you know, that part of the hand, that part of our kind of drawing isn't as relevant. But yeah, I, I think that folding this hand is too nitty. I mean, would you agree there to just to yeah. fold here? Just because yeah. we've got action behind, it doesn't mean we should be folding. Yeah, uh, I agree. So I do That's call. And the blinds both fold, so that's good. Great. That's that's awesome. Yeah. So um, we are now, pot's now $65 minus the rake, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, and, um, you know, I'm kind of looking at our stack sizes here, and um, I've got about... Um, 120 left? Yeah, something like that. Um, one twenty. No, sorry, less. One one twenty, one thirty. Well, yeah, yeah. Cause, well, because we put actually. in, no, we've just put in twenty two, so we've got one thirty eight yeah. left. That's yeah, right. one forty left. Yeah. Yeah. And the the um the turn is really interesting. It's the okay. Queen of Hearts. So we pair the top card, uh, put th three to a royal out there, um. And now, of course, we are sitting with the nut flush draw. Right. Um, and, we, and we have, right, we have the ace of hearts. And I was going to say, you know, one reason I, I don't mind calling here, too, is because, you know, the ace of hearts also helps a lot, you know, against some of these scare cards. You know, he can't be doing something like, you know, free rolling us with the same gutter and ace X of hearts, right? Sure, which is, sure. which is nice. So I, so queen of hearts, very interesting yeah. card. Yeah. It's also interesting because, you know, typically when the top card pairs, you know, that's going to favor um, the preflop aggressor here. Right, right. And, but, you know, it's interesting um, because I think I definitely, I mean, I definitely have more flush draws here. So I make more flushes on this card. Um, mm -hmm. And like in terms of my range. And then right. it's like quite interesting question of who has more boats in this spot. And I'm not exactly sure. 
like what are the boats it's like queen jack jack uh sorry queen jack queen 10 and then you know jack jack i think he definitely has way more jack jack than i do i don't think i ever have jack jack actually yeah I, um, I think i think he like has more jacks and tens and you probably have more queen jack and queen 10 i think I, I i once i read somewhere you know that people you're kind of one of these poker fun facts it's like you know often when you have like queen 10 suited and you're facing an open a solver will tell you that you should like call raise and fold with like almost equal frequency which is kind of interesting mm, so okay so you could have queen 10 some some amount some amount of queen 10 and queen jack maybe maybe less than he does because he's probably opening queen 10 and queen jack suited pretty much always from the cutoff but and I mean, I, you know, yeah he's probably i mean you know he's in the hijack but he probably yeah. is opening any queen okay. jack or queen 10 and i yeah. probably i mean i'm probably calling a lot with those hands i'm not sure that I, we probably have equal amounts of those honestly and i'm thinking like on the flop am i raising those two pairs like maybe i think i i i kind of don't like raising this flop almost ever because i have so i just do not ever have the nuts right like, i i agree i think you basically I, I think you just never have sets and you never have straight and you never have the nuts so you know are you raising eight nine here ever like i don't know yeah yeah, no. <laughs> yeah right so so what does he do yeah so so all right um he bets 35 dollars which is about half pot and is a if i would say for a 2-2 game is kind of a chunky bet you know right. people don't tend to bet that big with like even decent hands you know it's just like people like live 2-2 players just or, or one, two, whatever, you know, they just won't bet very large, usually without like strong holdings. So he right. bets 35, which is, so it's about half pot. So now the pot is 95, or sorry, it's $100. The pot's 100 yeah. exactly, minus the rake. And I've got 138, and I'm sitting there with ace of hearts, 10 of spades. Once again, the board is queen of spades, jack of hearts, 10 of hearts, queen of hearts. Uh, and so what do you do here? Well, that's pretty. That's kind of interesting because I, I know you have more flushes, obviously, in your range, and we have the Ace of Hearts, which is a good blocker. And having a ten, you know, kind of cuts down on some of those boat combinations. So I, I do think this hand, if, if we're gonna be raising value combos here, you know, if you wanted to raise your Queen Jacks and Queen Tens for value, I, I think this hand is a pretty good bluff candidate. You have basically exactly a pot size raise left. So uh, a little bigger. I have one. A little, uh, no, that's oh, right. No, a little smaller. It's, pot size. it's like a smidge yeah. bigger, but yeah, pot size base. Yep. So so you know I act. So I uh, I think I just like jamming here. I know like he got he can't have ace king, but I think we do. You know we do want to be value jamming some number of hands here. And you know unless you want to make the argument that since we're in position, you know if we call, we're gonna have less than a pot size bet left, and we should be able to get it in on the river with our you know super thick value hands. And, and we don't ever want to be raising here, which which I can get behind being in position. Um, but I'd, I'd probably be, I'd probably want to raise here, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting about like never, like never wanting to raise here because we're in position. Like, are there hands that we can get value from? Like the question here is like, are there hands we can get value from on the turn that we can't get value from on the river? Right, and, and we have the ace of hearts, which is like, which kind of blocks a lot of those like one card draws. Yeah, that's like would be like the main the main one, right? That he might call off with that with an ace of hearts, you know, with that gut shot and and um, not flush draw that he, that he would not be doing on the river. But we have the ace of hearts, so it's unless he has exactly the king of hearts, which he's less likely to pay off. You know, so yeah, I, I, sure. I don't. I, yeah, I, don't I think that, you're. 
I think it's interesting. I think you might be right that it could be correct to just like go for the river jam. I guess like the one problem with this is we get we let him keep the betting lead. And so if he is bluffing, then he can actually like force us to fold rivers by just like shoving the river with a miss. And we just have to fold if we also miss. Whereas if we take the initiative and bluff here, you know, we knock him off of his air. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I think I do so. like, I think I do like just, I, I think this is a great bluff candidate. I mean, I think, you know, having the 10 blocker and having the ace of hearts, it's like, you know, what more could you want, really? Yeah, well, so, okay, fair enough. So I do rip it here. And he right? thinks for a long time. I mean, I'm really thinking I can get him to probably fold a queen. Like, I'm hoping he has, like, ace queen. That's what I'm look, really hoping he has. I think, like, trip queens is probably just a fold here for most players. Um, okay. Obviously, if he has any kind of bluff, you know, he wouldn't be tanking here. Um, so I'm th I'm hoping he has like a queen, um, and he does. He says to me, you know, will you show if I fold face up? And I say maybe because that's usually how I answer that question. Um, and he does. He folds. He folds face up. And what do you think he has? Um. Well, I don't know. I, I think maybe he could have something like like pocket kings here. Mm, I mean, that that's, that's like because that's kind of a hand that he would want to keep betting on the on the flop. Um, you know, he's got the open ender, but he really doesn't like seeing that queen, especially if he doesn't have the king of hearts. Mm -hmm. Like, that's like a real, that's, that's like an awful turn card, because you could have easily called with a queen. You could have, you know, the, you could have made the flush. Like, there, it's it's really not a great card for him. So, I, I don't know that I'd be folding necessarily, but but I, I think that that's one candidate for a hand he could have. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, that's interesting. I, th I think Kings is an inter in an interesting spot there. But what I do have... What, sorry, what he does show me is ace king off with no heart. Well, I mean, that's just like you you better bluff the my my thoughts of <laughs> I think your your tag of him as playing reasonably well just kind of goes out the window at this point. Yeah, like, for sure. That's just I mean, like that's, ridiculous. That's ridiculous a pretty insane <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so anyway, I well, was like Sam, good bluff. I mean, you just yeah. got to bluff the shoes off that guy every hand. Unless yeah, you showed he what's that? Did you show him? I did show him. I did show him and he was he was like not too pleased. Um, <laughs> um yeah, I did show him. Yeah, he was uh he was he was he was, he was an interesting guy. He played he kind of kept running hot and left after after he stopped running hot as as it goes. So um Okay, well that was that's it for me. So uh why don't we go into your first hand here? So I've got two hands. Uh, I guess I'll go with the first one. Is uh, th this is a real? This is a hand that I feel like I played poorly on a couple streets. Um, well, I guess I, I played it. I played it poorly on. I, I think I played it poorly on one specific street. Uh, and then I'll save my my funny hand for for last, which is a. It's really going to be a funny one. There's there's a great street in it. So spoiler warning. Okay, so uh, I'm playing two two. I'm playing it actually at Best Bet Jacksonville, the other location. I, I was just in Jacksonville visiting Mike and, and some family. So this is uh, this is a bit more of an aggressive game. It's a deeper buy-in. So uh, at at Orange Park, which is the one from the last hand, the max buy-in is two hundred. This one's three hundred. It does tend to attract more. Um, I, th I think more. It seems to me from my one time playing that it attracted more competent players. There were a couple like reggae young dudes with headphones and kind of taking like 20 seconds every decision. Total pain in the ass. Um, you know, that sort of game. Interesting. My impression of, of Best Bet Jacks, and I haven't played there a lot, but like my impression is it's like more so like 
if you're, you know, drunk is where you would more yeah. likely to go to Jack's than OP. Not that you, well, be I, I was playing, drugs, you know, but I just feel like there's a lot more liquor flowing <sighs> at Best Bet Jack's than there is at OP. But maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I, well, I was playing during the day, too. So that's a little bit like a weekday day cause just because I was on vacation. So that may have had something to do with that, which, yeah, you know, yeah. is my own fault for playing poker at, during a weekday. That's just the type of people you run into. Anyway. I am in the straddle. I've got uh, 300 bucks. The main villain of this hand is in uh, MP2, so the low jack. Um, he's got 200 in front of him, so he's going to be the effective stack here. Um, okay. So I am straddling. I'm under the gun straddling to four. Um, the villain here limps for four. Uh, the cutoff limps. The big blind limps, so we've got three total limpers. It gets to me in the straddle with seven, eight, or eight, seven of spades. Okay. Um, so, what do you like here? You like just checking and seeing a free flop, or do you like do you like bumping it up and trying to trying to isolate? I mean, at these depths where you're, you know, you're seventy five big blinds effective with the straddle. I, I just check, you know, like I think because I mean, obviously, if if you're, you know, if you were. I think if this were just 2-2 two, two and you're in the big here, you're 150 big blinds deep, kind of like a raise. Um, but in the straddle, I probably just check here. I just, you know, we're, it's going to be so hard to play like a three a, a three street game with this hand, um, which is kind of what you want for your suited connectors. So yeah, I, I think I, I just I think, check here most of the time. I think that's totally fair. Um, I, I like to raise because when I'm in the straddle and I see a hand with that's playable, I like to I generally raise because you know the the call of the straddle. But I, I agree with you that it makes I think your reasoning makes a ton of sense given that given the stack depths and this and the you know straddle. So I I, probably, I think checking here is is probably probably good. But I will say to your point, I have a lot of experience doing this, and I know you do as well. Just raising a lot over a bunch of limps in the straddle, people fold so much because your raise size is naturally just so big. Um, and they're just, and like, you know, low stakes live players are really thinking about things in terms of absolute size. You know, you're raising to, you know, whatever, if you raise to 30 or something, it's like not that big compared to the size of the pot, but to them, it's a big raise. And so you get a lot of folds. So I don't hate doing it. You know, I, I don't think yeah. it's bad. I think exploitatively, it's 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 a reasonable play, especially if it's just such a passive table. But okay, so you do raise. How much do you raise? Yeah, to? So I raise it up to twenty five. So it's based okay. roughly roughly six x, so three x plus the three limpers. Um, so it's two two four, right? And you make it you make it twenty five. I mean that's reasonable, right? right? So well, because like let me think. If you're if it were if it were one limper, what are you raising to? Probably fifteen. If it's one limper, yeah, I'm probably raising to fifty, somewhere in between fifteen and twenty, probably around, probably around fifteen or sixteen, yeah. So there so, were and there were three limper, three there were three lo total or or four, three total. So I'm adding oh, yeah. on basically their sizing. So. Oh, yeah, that's totally yeah, seems seems fine. Okay, so you're so twenty five. Yep. So the hijack calls and or the low jack calls rather, and again he's the main villain here. Um, the cutoff folds and then the big blind over calls. Uh, as they do, so you know they're they're as you, you can kind of imagine the type of people that the hijack and the big blind are. They're pretty ABC. Um, yeah. You know they're I mean they're limp calling on. Um, you know, a large bet in the big blind from out of position. So the flop is going to come out ace of diamonds, ace of spades, jack of hearts. And you have eight, seven of spades, correct? I have eight, seven of spades. So I flop a backdoor flush draw and, and nothing else. Got it. Interesting. And the pot is about, it's about 
like eighty dollars. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. it's like eighty-one, so roughly eighty. I've got two seventy-five, uh, and the main villain has uh, has one seventy-five at this point. Okay. So the big the big blind checks, uh, and it gets to me. I I kind of think think a C bet is uh is is man pretty much mandatory on this board. Um, Sure, or, yeah, what do you I think? Mean, how how would you approach this? And maybe maybe you know if if you want to talk it through a little bit of your thinking on later streets, you know what 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 do you do if someone calls you here? What do you do if someone raises you here? You know what mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on on how you'd play these uh the, this hand in this position? Yeah, I mean I do like a bet here. Like it's not like we benefit anything from seeing another card here. You know what I mean? Like it's not yeah. like we're we're trying to. Um, I mean, you know, there's an argument is like, well, you you just give up immediately because you have a player with whom you're out of position. Um, you know, I think you could make that case on multi-way pots, but, um, you know, when you're out of position multi-way, you just like, tr- don't be as aggressive. But I, I don't know, on paired boards, like, I really like betting paired boards, especially a board like that that's going to really favor you and be pretty terrible for their range. Like, they're I mean, yeah, they'll have some like random ace garbage that they called with, but like for the most part, this is going to be bad for them. So yeah. I do like betting. So, and, so I bet. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say like I would bet probably twenty dollars. I think. Um, yeah, and, I think. and that's exactly what I do. I bet twenty dollars. Okay, uh, I was it, like, it's literally. I was like, I just need to bet a quarter pot here. Any pair below a jack should pretty much be folding. Sure. Like I, I would have to imagine in a, in a you know pretty big pot at this point. Um, so I bet twenty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I and I think your question about what do you do on later streets though is is interesting. I mean, so if the I think if the low jack calls me here and is like, I mean, first of all, if I get raised, I'm just folding because yeah. I like this is a one of those draws like you have a backdoor flush draw. It's like this draw is so bad that if you get blown quote unquote blown off your equity, like it's just not a big deal. Yeah. Um, so I don't. I think it's just fine to 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 fold. Obviously, if you get raised, if you get um. If you get called, first of all, if you get called in two spots, just shut it down. Uh, yeah, right. you're never gonna. Right. Um, but if you get called, if you get called by, if the first of the low jack folds and the big blind calls, like I'm feeling pretty good. Um, yeah. you know, because now we're in position. Uh, there's gonna, it's a, it, there's, uh, a lot, any other Broadway card, like the big blind probably doesn't want to see. Um, so you could be bluffing on those. I mean, you could obviously, if a spade comes out, you can continue to barrel. So I think it'll be good for you if just the big blind calls. The low jack calls, I'm probably not too pleased. Um, and I would be much more careful about just barreling off. Uh, yeah. I would really only want to barrel maybe on like on spades, basically, again, versus low jack. So that, that's my two cents. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And we'll get to the later streets in a sec. But I, I think, you know, looking back now, I, I basically... I, I agree is that, you know, if, if I get called players in position, I, I just kind of need to shut down if I don't pick up additional equity. Cause like he's pretty like, especially in these players in low stakes live games are probably only calling with like aces and like maybe the occasional Jack. Yeah. So, I think a lot of them will call with at least a street with a Jack. Right. So, so I bet 20, the low Jack calls and the big blindfolds. Okay. So we are going heads up, but it's not the player we'd, we'd prefer to play against. Sure. So at this point, the pot is now around 120. Uh, I've got 255, and the villain's got 155. So the turn now comes out a queen of clubs. So the board at this point is ace, ace, jack, queen, rainbow. 
So it's come all four suits are represented. No no flesh draws possible. Heavy Broadway board uh, with and it's paired in, in the aces. So and, and you said he only has one fifty five. Is that right? Yeah. So he's got a little. I mean, a, a good bit over a pot, pot and a quarter, roughly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what do you do? Um, so I. I was thinking about it, and I, I, I kind of, looking back, I think I do not mind. I, I kind of don't mind checking or betting here, because I think a large portion of his range is aces. And I know we've talked, we've, you and I offline have talked about before that, you know, the, the limp calling range of low stakes live players, even though it shouldn't, consists of a lot of ragged, unsuited aces. Yes, absolutely. It's it's quite remarkable. <laughs> like, and, and then those players don't really like folding. So you know, going for a three street bluff here, you know, is not not like you're probably just going to get tank called by ace deuce, like sure. like a decent amount of the time, right? So, um, well, can so I just I, say my favorite is when like you're in a situation like this, and and they do end up folding, and then they go, "I didn't like my kicker." And you're like, <laughs> well, you shouldn't have called twenty five dollars before the flop of that, right? Yes, absolutely. So, but but that said, you know, with it's so Broadway heavy, they still they might fold an ace at some point, and you know, if they did have a jack, they're probably going to release it at this point with ace with a, with another over card to it coming out. So I, I think for a while, um, and I think I do, I, I think I do kind of make a mistake here in terms of sizing. I, I wind up betting. 75, which is around mm. two-thirds pot. You know, as I think back on it, I, you know, I'm happy to hear your input as well. I, I kind of think that with an ace here, you know, I'm going to be betting small with just an ace because I want to get paid off by things that aren't aces. Like if he kind of gets here with like queen-jack and now he runs into a queen. Or like if he had king-queen, which is a gutter, and he, he turns a queen. You know, I, I want to get called by those hands if I do have an ace. So I, I think betting small here you know, makes a lot more sense if I am going to bet. Um, but I, I don't know what, how you feel about that. Yeah, I mean, like, of course, if you have like a, you know, let's say you had like ace-king or something and you were trying to get called by just like a worse ace, you know, you might go quite large. Um, of right. course, trying to get, but like there aren't, there aren't that many worse aces left because, you know, there's three accounted for in that scenario. So I think it still probably makes sense to go smaller and try to get called by a queen. Right. And, and if I'm betting big with this bluff, if I mean the one thing I do determine is you know if I get called on this turn, I have to shut down River. Not only because he probably has an ace, but also because at that point, because of the sizing and the stack depths, you know the pot's going to be like if he called, the pot would be like two seventy, and he'd have like eighty behind. So he right. just like never, you know, I just am shoving for like a third pot, which would you know just is not, he's not going to fold an ace for that sizing. Yeah, he's probably he might even not fold a queen. Yeah, right. <laughs> like I mean, depending on the sort of players. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing is like size wise. Like if like this is the thing. Like what? So you're just taking is the idea here. Like, well, I just want to take a second stab at this, and I'm not gonna go for three streets no matter what. Like it's interesting yeah, that, to think like what sizing you use. I mean, that, that's kind of the idea here is that yeah, the the large sizing you know kind of hope you know should fold out like a lot of his non ace holdings. But by that same token, if he calls me, he, um, he, you know, he should have an ace or better. So I'm, it, it doesn't really make sense to, to bluff for a, a, you know, a big amount. But I, I feel like if that's the case, I almost should just like jam the turn. Yeah, that's what I, I think. You, I think you just jam. Because, I mean, think, you think about like, if you're going to bet, 
I, I don't. Right. I would personally give up here, but I don't think it's actually wrong to continue betting. I'm just. Like, I think I would. I would give up. But I think if you're. I think overbet jamming is kind of nice. Like you absolutely have the net advantage on this board. You nice. absolutely do. Like you have all the ace queen, all the ace jack, uh, all the pocket ace. The one pair of pocket aces. You have <laughs> pocket queens. You have pocket jacks. He has literally none of these hands. You even have more king 10 than him, if that's relevant. Like, you could really put, like, ace deuce off in a blender if you overbet jam here. So right. I think, you know, which is, like, probably the sort of hand he has, unfortunately. Uh, so I, I do think if you're going to go for it, I like to just rip it here. Um, that's 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 kind of what I think. And what, what do you think about betting small? Like if I bet, you know, 30, 35 here, you know, that, that would kind of set up, uh, uh, you know, two thirds pot jam on the river, you know, cause that would kind of maybe keep in his Queens and Jacks and then also, but, but still not really give them the odds on, on the river to, to make a, to make a call. What do you think about a, a small bet? Yeah, I, I don't really like it mostly because you aren't planning to, triple barrel this hand like right. so i'm thinking like if you want to like i think you would want to balance that like you would want there are some value hands with which you would take a small sizing like let's say ace 10 maybe ace 9 suited ace 8 suited maybe even pocket suited, kings honestly. probably pocket kings would make this pocket kings absolutely you could take a small sizing with so like a hand like that i'd want to balance that with something that like you know maybe does want to play more of a three street game sort of bluff so like um what are we looking at? Like 10, nine, maybe, you know, something that yeah. like turns open ended there. Yeah. Uh, like a small bet, like 10, nine suited. So that's kind of how I would, I would be more, I would not take a small size. I, I think I would just rip it or give up. Yeah. I, I think that's fine. So, so anyway, so, you know, I, I agree. I kind of realized after I was like, wow, what am I doing? Like I left him with like 80 bucks. Like, you know, he, he, he does uh, basically wind up calling and then the river rolls off a, a 10 um an offsuit 10 and I I, I I i check folds you know i check he he like jams and i fold and i'm like yeah like you know i, I even if he's bluffing i'm playing the board i just have nothing i don't think he's ever he folding jams. So. interesting he jams yeah. on the rip that's weird on a 10 yeah, so I, you know, I, I think, like, I, I basically, like, it doesn't really matter what I, you know, I, I obviously cannot call. But. Right, of course. No, obviously. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, what the heck is he jamming there with? Like, does he have a king somehow that gets, like, maybe king-queen? That's probably right. most likely. Like, like, sticky, king, sticky king-queen that called the, the reasonably large turn bet. You know, and that's another spot, you know, where well, definitely all those hands, all those ragged king-queen, king-jack, queen-jack, definitely folding to a turn jam. You know, right. so obviously I, I might get, I probably will get called by a lot of aces. You know, and, and to your point, I still could put them in the blender, but you know, that's, that kind of goes back to that turn decision of, you know, if I, if I have to check, give up the river anyway, then, you know, may as well, if I'm going to bet, should just, should just go for it. Right. I mean, if, yeah, if, like I'm thinking he doesn't have an ace based on that river jam. So I think you really likely get a fold for something like a king queen on the turn there if you just rip it. Right. I mean, the other option is he could have something like Ace Ten, Ace Jack, oh, sure, sure, offsuit sure, sure. that he limp called with. People do that, even though yeah. you know <laughs> I don't recommend it. But yeah, if he um, boats up, yeah, obviously if he boated up there, you know. oh, that's that's the other option. But but yes, I, I you know I'm trying not to be results oriented, but just thinking you know if he does, you know it is possible that this type of you know sticky loose passive player 
is going to be calling that, you know, a turn two third spot, anywhere from one third to two third spot with king queen, you know, a queen or some sort of queen and a straight draw, then I should just be, you know, should just be jamming and trying to get as many faults as I can or just checking and, and deciding that I'm going to give up ahead of time. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that that's fair. And um, it's, it's, yeah. So, okay. Well, if we want to move on to the next hand, let's do it. Uh, um, this is a different sort of a different one. It's really the question I, I want to be thinking about here is like, how do we get the most value in this hand? Because this is a hand where I missed out on some value. And I think that is unacceptable uh, with 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 what happened, I think I really fudged up uh, particular one street in particular in terms of getting value here. All right. So definitely think about think I guess think about it through that lens because I feel like that's that's honestly something you know is not focused on enough in poker thought is like people talk a lot about like how you play your bluffs and that's and like whatever and structuring, but it's like when you make your hand, like how do you make sure that you are getting like the correct amount of value, you know? And I, I and mm -hmm. something I struggle with, I'll really admit, like. I will, you know, not size correctly and, and miss out on some value. So, um, or, or when to slow play and when not to and things like this. So, okay. So I have, I am playing an online game in this one. I'm playing in a very splashy kind of game. Uh, it is 25, 50 cent. It is not in a like, uh, game. It is not a, um, online game or sorry, online poker app where there's like lots of good regs like no it's not you know this is a very splashy game very actiony yeah this um, is like a game for, for context for listeners this is like a game it plays a lot basically plays like an online home game versus you know what people think of online poker it's not like we're playing on acr or ignition or gg poker it's like we're playing on you know a, 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 like some random some random game that's hosted. Yeah, online. we're playing with some some people, you know, some some people are just there to have a good time for the most part. And you know, definitely people who are interested in the game of poker much more so than like in a live game, uh, where like they're you know, they're just there to gamble. But you know, maybe in an online sense, like people do study the game a bit more for sure. But it's not like there's a bunch of pros grinding, I guess is is sort of how I would summarize it. Yeah. Um, so Oh, is there an ante in this game, or is it just there 25 There is not 50 an ante in. There's no ante. It's just 25 cool. cent, straight 25 cent, 50 cent. And awesome. we are the effective stack in this hand. Um, we have $103 in front of us. So we are um, just over 200 big blinds effective. 103, you said? 103. Cool. And my hand is the three of diamonds and the three of clubs. And we are playing six-handed, uh, which is kind of unusual. Usually these games are boring, but this is a six-handed game. And I'm on the button. Uh, and what happens here is the cutoff, um, who is, I would say, like, a okay player, I would say. Like, definitely reasonable. Not, like, amazing, um, but not bad. Uh, is is going to be the main villain here, and he opens. He opens to 150. So 3x, standard 3x open. And I just call. Uh, I think that's fairly standard, but I'm curious to if you would do something different here. Nope, I think calling's fine. You know, we're on the button, which is like if we're gonna do it in these in games with tougher lineups, let's do it on the button. You know, we can easily fold to more aggression, but especially if the small blind and the big blind haven't been going crazy, because people do go crazy with three bets in these games. But if they're yep. if they seem to be reasonable, you know, playing a, a relatively standard range, I think this is a this is fine. 
Yeah, the, the three, the big, the blinds are like pretty weak players. They're they're actually in this actually in this particular game, both of the blinds happen to be very weak players. Great, right. um, then even like it even more. Yeah, so I think we're just calling here to try to flop a set. You know, we have absolutely have the implied odds and the stack depth to do so. So I do just call and. One of the, so as I said, the blinds aren't very good. The small blind does call as well, uh, which is not great. I would say as a general rule, just calling out of the small there. I mean, yes, there are hands you can do it with, but for the most part, this isn't going to be correct. And the big blindfolds. So we are looking at a $4.50 pot. Uh, I am in position to two players. And yep. the flop comes 10 of clubs, four of spades, and three of spades. We think our set. Somehow I somehow I knew that was going to happen. You know, you never you never you never hear about a hand where someone has pocket threes and flops nothing and check folds. That's right. Yes, <laughs> not this. That's not this is not that hand. So we do bank our set. There is a flush draw on this board. We do not have a card of that suit, so we are unblocking all the draws. It's good stuff. Um, and the cutoff, the small blind checks, and the cutoff actually continues here, which seems fine. I think this board, I think he has the range advantage on this board. I mean, he will have all the over pairs. Um, yep. so he, but he, he doesn't have the net advantage, notably. Like, yes, he has tens, um, but he doesn't have threes or fours, and, and I do. The small blind does. Uh, so he does not have the well, net advantage. A cutoff. He probably does have threes or fours. I think you do open those from the cutoff. Oh, that's uh, true. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. So maybe nobody has the net advantage here. Um, yeah, it's probably you. You probably. I mean, he he probably has a slight nut advantage because he you, you're probably three betting tens I, I, a lot of the time, especially kind of cutoff versus button configuration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. But um, fair. but but point taken. It's it's reasonably close. You both have threes and fours. Um, he he has over pay, you know, and he's more weighted towards over pairs. Yeah, so. I mean, I guess like. I don't, this isn't such a board where I would like a large continuation bet sizing. If I were the cutoff, I would probably take a small sizing. Um, sure. And I how think, much does he bet? He bets $2, which is okay. kind of about right. You know, yeah. um, you know, maybe he should bet $150. I don't know. The solver probably says $150. $2 is fine. So he bets $2. And so here's the first decision point of this hand. What do we do sitting with the small blinds act behind us and pocket threes? We got a set of threes. Uh, we are unblocking all all of the flush draws. What do we do here? So you know, it's it's actually interesting because the small blind being a weak player and calling from the small blind preflop. If if we were playing relatively shallow, I think I would I would actually like a lot of flat calling here and trying to get the small blind to come along and getting value from multiple players. Mm. But I think given that I think given that we're so deep, I think we really want to try and like play for play for stacks and and start. And that means we just have to start like piling money in right away, given how deep we are. So, okay, I think that's fair. And so you're thinking like raise here, bet turn, bet river, basically. Yep. Like, yeah, it's, okay. I mean, as long as there's no, you know, if the board doesn't, it, as long as it doesn't run out, you know, like five of spades, six of spades or something, okay. you know, atrocious like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we're thinking like, as long as the board is a relatively safe run out, this is a three street hand and we want to make the streets as meaty as possible. So... I agree. I go ahead and raise to six dollars. Um, maybe I should go bigger here. What do you think? Is six dollars fine? Well, yeah, I, I think six dollars is a little small because I think you know we we're calling and then kind of only putting putting in four dollars on top, which is kind of like a half pot sized raise. I think so. I, I think we could go a little bit bigger to to eight or ten. I think ten raising to ten dollars would be roughly a pot size raise. So maybe somewhere you know somewhere around eight eight or nine. Try and you know. 
try and polarize our hand because we do have such a such a strong value hand. And right. you know, the the other thing is, I don't think we have that many. Like, I don't think we really have thin value raises here, really. Mm. Right? Like, right. maybe we're yeah. maybe we're raising ace ten sometimes ace as like a thin eight. value. But I, but I I think this is kind of a board where we're going to be polarizing a lot. Um, yeah, you know, we, we can have a lot of really strong bluffs, like ace deuce suited, ace five suited, uh, five six suited, that we might you know might might be getting a little out of line with. So I I kind of want to want to go big here and, and polarize. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. I did not think about it in those terms, but you're absolutely right. Like there aren't the thin value raises, so like why go so small? So because I I definitely struggle with raise sizing. Like I'll I'll admit, like that's a weak point of mine. Is is I don't raise, I don't use big raises nearly as often as I should. So this is this is a, this is a, a leak of mine, and this is a this is a, a, a mistake here. But I, I only raise to six, and 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 predictably the small blind folds. You know who the hell knows oh, what yeah. you had, um, <laughs> and and the cutoff calls. So, um, oh, so yeah, we're, yeah. Yeah. what's that? Yeah, I just it, but carry on. Yeah. So the, you know, now the pot is 1650 and the turn is the two of hearts, which I think is kind of interesting because it's not quite a brick. Um, it's not quite a brick. Um, and so I think that, um, I mean, I don't know. What do you do here? What do you do? I mean, the cutoff, the cutoff does check, you know, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, if the cutoff checks, I, I think we do still want to go go pretty big here. Um, you know, I, he, like, I, I don't think it changes really much. Like, I, I don't think he's really calling a raise with, like, ace-5, unless sure. he has, you know, specifically, like, ace-5 of spades, maybe ace-5 of clubs sometimes. I don't mm-hmm. think he really should have five. I mean, he, I guess he could have five, six suited. Is it is something he could have? But I think he's still, you know, when he calls, he he still has like a ton of overpairs. And if you look at all the combos of like five, six suited, the two combos of ace five, and then like the bajillion combos of jacks through aces, you know, it's it's just very heavily in our favor. And I'd I'd like to keep keep betting pretty big, um, and and get calls from those overpairs. Yeah. So I again, I think that's correct. And that's not what I do. So oh, that's in my, not reasonable. In in my uh, in my head, I was thinking like, well, that this is a nut changing card, that's and um, I I do have some Ace Five here, um, which is the nuts, of course. Like I can definitely, I think I probably have more Ace Five than he does. And maybe not. Maybe it's kind of even. But like I would guess in my head that I was thinking. Um, well, I don't want to represent Ace Five uh, because I don't have it, and um, so I should bet smaller. Which is, I don't know why. I I, I think that doesn't really make much sense. So, I, but that's what I did. I bet six dollars. So, okay, and and I would say that this is also something that we could uh, avoid a little bit by by uh, making a bigger turn, uh, flop raise, where we actually when when we raise polarized on the flop, we actually want to be narrowing his range down. Right, like we want him to be calling us with like his best, like his overpairs, and mm-hmm. not with you know, and and we, you know, that that's like because then we can keep betting, you know, making meaty bets and getting getting calls from overpairs, and you know, when we're betting, when we're raising so big and he's calling so big, neither of us should really have like a naked gutter. Right. No, totally, and that's that's true, and um, yeah, I think that's a just a huge mistake on my part. I think I, I think I should have bet bigger on the flop. I think I should have bet way bigger on the turn. Um, but you know, and, 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 and yeah, I mean, 
That's why we're doing this. So, um, yeah, and, and if it's the two of spades, then I can totally get on board with sizing down because I think he is still calling a big raise on the flop, given how deep we are with like you know ace king, ace queen, ace jack, ace, and he can have like ace ten of spades even, right? He can have sure, yeah. all sorts of spade draws. But given that it's not a spade, I like you know I, I think that it it is a nut changing card, but it's not it's not a it's not a crazy crazily nut changing card like a like a spade would be. No, absolutely. You're 100% right. And um, so I should have bet bigger. And he does just call here, uh, which which leaves the pot at 28.50. And, and I guess, like, yeah. what do you think he has here? I mean, you've said over pairs. Like, what else maybe uh, are, are you thinking? I think he could have a 10. I know people like, you know, these these uh, these games do play pretty bluffy. So people often just kind of have to... And yeah, and you are a reasonably aggressive player too. So pe- sometimes people kind of feel compelled to just hold on for dear life with like top pair, you know, especially if he's got, a, if he's especially if he's got spades, he could have spades to go along with it, you know, like jack ten of spades or something like that. Um, sure. Or he, I think he could even have like a different jack ten or queen ten or something like that, and just be just be a non-believer at this point, given the amount, you know. And if he doesn't have any spades, then he's all he would also be unblocking your draws, and then he'd be maybe more incentivized to call with just a 10 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If he has like, either if he has like both spades or no spade, but probably not one spade. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. Um, well, so he does call and, 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 and then the river is a really interesting card. The river is the ace of spades. Ugh. I know. Ugh. Okay. Um, and he checks again. So I'm like, at this point, I know I, like what I'm, I'm fairly confident in this moment, like sitting here with the shot clock going down. I'm like, I'm not going to make a correct play here because I don't know what to do on this card. So sure. like, yeah, it's a weird card. So let's talk through this. I mean, what the heck? This completely changes the nuts. Um, it's also, it, it makes, it puts four to a straight out there. It completes the flush draw. Um, it, it's also an ace, which is better for him if that matters at this point. You know, he does have like more cans like ace ten than I would, for example. Um, but I mean, yeah. ace ten isn't even that good here, so maybe that's irrelevant. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, it's it's a weird card. What are you what are you thinking? Well, I, I'm thinking first of all, you know, I I pretty much am discounting the four liner. I think that like he really should he should like never be here with a five unless right. it's like five six and he's like slow playing it, which I don't really think he is. I would even say he doesn't. He probably doesn't have five six because he'd want to raise the turn when we're so deep. When he um, makes the nuts, yeah. So yeah. I don't really think he should ever have a five here, right? Like there's, it just seems, it seems very unlikely that he's been calling with what, I don't know, pocket fives or, I don't know, five, four. Like this all seems like ridiculously loose to call a check raise and then, or a, just a raise and then a, another bet. Although, you know, you have kept the, the bets reasonably small, but e- even so, I, I don't think he should be continuing with fives. Yeah. The, the, the flush draw getting there is definitely bad. But the fact that it's the ace of spades, I think, is actually better for us than if it were a different spade, because it, it means he can't have these combos of, like, ace-x of spades. Sure. Which I think is the, is the most, uh, he, which he's raising, like, from the cutoff, he's probably raising, like, every combo of ace-x of spades preflop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so based on that, I probably want to bet. And I, but I think now betting smaller is, is okay. I think betting polar is not necessarily good because as you said it is a not changing card and he still could have you know jet at 10x of spades right that's possible top pair with a spade draw um he obviously could have like pocket aces 
which which just runs into a, a set. So so I I do like kind of sizing down here, maybe you know somewhere between a third and half pot, mm-hmm. just given given that sort of board changing texture. And then what do we what do we do if he jams? Oh well, I uh, that, that's a that's that's tough. I mean, we we might. We we might just have to fold just because like he he does have aces. We don't have a spade, but like I don't I don't know. That's 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 tough. That's tough. Right. It, it's hard to find bluffs that he has too. But, right, exactly. Like, what the heck is he? What's missed here? You know, like he like, shouldn't have King X with the King of Spades, right? right. Yeah, like, like, like maybe he turns. I think like you know if he's a very savvy player, he can turn King Ten with the King of Spades into a bluff here. I but, guess Kings with the King of Spades, he could turn it into a bluff. Sure, actually, also, um, yeah, King Ten with the King of Spades. I don't know if he even gets here. So, but Kings with the King of Spades certainly can turn into a bluff. I don't. Most players in these games are just not doing that. Um, and there's also not that many combos. There's only two combos of that because the Ten of Clubs is on the board. And then the Ten of Spades can't be in this hand if he's bluffing with the King of Spades. So, right, right. Um, so, so it's, a, it's kind of a tough... I mean, and I don't think he'd be jamming. I think he'd probably be raising for some other amount just given that our stack is still like, you know, 3x the pot. But, right, but, sure. So, okay, I, so you're thinking like probably fold to a raise for the most part. Um, yeah, it depends on the sizing, right? But I, I do think, like, and it depends on the player. And if he's, like, a pretty savvy, if he is a savvy player, then, then we might just need to call, given that the yeah, board is. Yeah, for sure. But I think, I think especially li- live, I would definitely be folding to a champ. Oh, I guess oh my God, there's no question. <laughs> so I'll tell you, I think that everything you just said is spot on. I think um, that uh, we bet small here and we we evaluate arrays and probably fold that depends on the size um but look to get i mean we're betting small we're looking to get value from maybe like i mean we don't really have any ace x here so like the ace like if he had an overpair that was good it's still good you know versus on the side of flush draw right i mean that's that's sort of the thing like what are we trying like let's say we do bet small like what are we trying to get value from like kings queens jacks something like that yeah something like that i mean maybe ace 10 yeah it's like something that he might like, you know, he he just run into like a top two pair, but he probably can't. He like he can't really raise it. So, yeah, well, that's the thing is, I was, so this is I was thinking like, oh, man, he totally ran into ace 10 here. Like, or he could have like I was like, what if he ran into ace 10 here? That would be so good. Like, I can get a ton of value from that hand. I don't. And I'm like, I, I in my head, I was like, I want to bet such that like. If he raises, it's a jam and I can just fold. Right. And okay. that was sort of how what I, the, I came to the conclusion that this was a bet fold for value. You know, sitting there with the shot clock on, I was like, I think this is a bet fold for value. Okay. And I was like, well, if he has if he has ace 10, I can probably get a pretty chunky amount of value from him. Uh, of course, which is so I ended up landing on a twenty five dollar bet into twenty eight fifty, which is I, I just think a mistake. I think it's too big because we're never that way. We're never getting value from Kings, Queens, Jacks, but otherwise right. with a small bet, we might. Um, so I think it was a, a big sizing mistake, and he tanks for a long time, almost until I, I think he just ropes out and folds. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and so, I would say I, I think with that bet, just because it's kind of such a weird bet, like you might get some calls from things like can't, like over pairs with a spade, might mm-hmm. kind of think, wow, like what is he doing this with? Like, would he really play a set this way? You know, it's kind of a kind of a merged range almost, where you're 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 trying to get calls from non-believing hands because the nuts changed. So I, I, I don't hate it, but 
But I also think we might not be in that position if we were able to bet a little bit bigger on the previous streets. You know, we kind of set ourselves up for, you know, for kind of narrowing his range down. So, yeah, yeah I, no. I still don't, I still don't hate it because it, I, like, I do think we can get calls sometimes from like Kings with the King of Spades, for example. Sure. Yeah. And, and yeah. So, fair enough. I mean, ultimately, this, this was a really helpful discussion for me in terms of like, I think I'll think about this a little more next time with raise sizing, especially like, well, do I ever have a, a small value raise here? Like, no. Okay. So let's take a bigger size. It's really polarizing. You know, I, I, I don't think that I've integrated that thinking too much in my game in the past. So I, this conversation was very helpful for me. So cool. I think that's a really totally interesting helpful to our, our listeners who are getting this awesome advice. Uh, Absolutely. Take it all without, uh, without questioning. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. Let's get into our last hand here. All right. So as I said, this is, there's going to be a great moment later in the hand. Um, uh, but anyway, so first of all, you know, I'd like to acknowledge the preflop. I probably just made a mistake by and autopiloted out. Anyway, let's uh, let let's let's get into the hand so that you can judge for yourself. Um, so it's it's uh, the same table actually as the last hand. So it's two two, and with the straddle on um, at Beth Beth Jacks, I am in the small blind in this hand. Um, okay. The low the low jack is going to open it up to twelve. Uh, I'm the I'm the effective stack here with around 200, so I built back a little bit from losing that last pot, but I've got around 200 in my stack. And you're in the, the low small blind, so this is a different villain. Correct. It's gonna it's nope. gonna be a different villain. Okay. Okay. The low jack, uh, who is a fairly standard player, I think might actually be the same villain as last time. Uh, oh, so no, it is the probably same not. Villain. No, 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 it's not because because the the villain the main villain in this hand is actually gonna be the big blind. Okay. But the low jack is doing the opening here, makes it 12. Okay. The cutoff calls. I am in the small blind with eight, nine of clubs. I think that this is a very good squeezing spot, and I should probably be squeezing this a lot of the time. But the two guys to my left are pretty standard live guys and are not going to be like three bet bluffing ever. So, so I'm talking, like. The two guys to your left being the big blind. There's a straddle on it. There, there the is. The big blind and the straddle. Okay. I just. Uh, I'm like, these guys are right. never going to be three bet bluffing. So I'm just going to call and get to a flop, which, you know, is probably not great logic because I can also just three bet and they'll just fold. So I'm going di- to disagree with your assessment of, here of yourself. I do not like a three bet here almost ever. Um, okay. Because for, for a few reasons. One, eight, nine, of spa- eight, eight, nine suited, worst of suited club. connector. Eight, nine of clubs. Eight, nine of clubs, sorry. Eight, eight nine yeah. suited is the worst suited connector. Um, because of the way it interacts with ace king, making the dummy right. end of the Broadway straight. Right. Um, and furthermore, you are very shallow with the straddle. What are you, 50 big blinds effective? I don't want to squeeze here with, with a hand like... That's true. Blind. That's so true. I wasn't I, thinking about that well. Um, so I think, I mean, honestly, as as nitty as it sounds, I'd probably just fold. Yeah, but that's fair. And I don't, I didn't, I wasn't in a folding mood. You know, I was, I was on vacation. <laughs> yeah, uh, fair enough. I didn't tell me to fold, man. I'm not... Yeah, exactly. You know, you know how it is. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so, so fair enough. You know, I, I, I think I'm definitely bad at thinking about sort of stack depths from the beginning. I've gotten better at identifying stack sizes relative to bets as we get deeper into the hand. But think, I think both hands you've actually pointed out to me, you're like, hey, actually, you probably shouldn't be doing this because you only have 50 big blinds effective. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's all that's all helpful stuff to be thinking about. I think that, that I'm not I'm not very good at, at uh, noting. So anyway, I call because I'm like, you know what? I don't really want to you know, I, I'd like I think I can see a flop here. 
it's suited connectors, so let's let's do it. You know, okay. maybe not sound reasoning, but <clears throat> here we are. Um, the big blind is also going to come along, and then the straddle folds. Wow, what a so, fan. Can't even get in for eight more dollars. So we're going four ways. We got 50 bucks in the pot. I've got uh, eight, nine of clubs. Um, the flop is a, a pretty, pretty much as good as you can get with eight, nine of clubs. We've got king of hearts, ten of clubs, seven of clubs. Nice. You flop an so, open-ended straight flush draw. Correct. So I, ch- I check... Uh, obviously, checking to the razor, and now the big blind is going to donk out for twenty dollars. Oh boy! Oh boy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so he's it's twenty into what? How big is the pot? We're into about fifty. Okay, forty percent. Awesome. What? Can I just say this is this is a zero percent donk board, right? Just can we get, agree on yes. that? That the, you, yes. no one should you should never donk like this board favors the preflop aggressor, aggressor completely. And as we've said that, the low jack folds. Um, Perfect. <laughs> As does the cutoff. Nice. So I think that I could go either way here. I mean, obviously, you know, you could say that it's hard. Some people like to say it's hard to misplay when you have an open-ended straight flush draw, um, especially when we're so shallow. It's like, you know, if I make my hand, all the money's, you know, we can get all the money in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I, I'm curious to hear what you would do facing this donk. I was kind of like, that's weird that this guy just donked for 20 and both, of, you know, the preflop razor folded on this king eye flop. Uh, well, so I so I was sitting here a little bit unsure of the sort of hand he has. So you know, interested in hearing hearing your thoughts on what you do here. Yeah, again, sure. the board so, is okay, king let's, of let's hearts, king of hearts, ten of clubs, seven of clubs. We've got nine, eight of clubs. Yeah. So this is interesting. I mean, typically donk bets, we know. I, I mean, they represent from low stakes live players. Like this is uh, when you're playing against like sort of competent people. Donk bets obviously have a completely different meaning. But when you're playing against like really kind of re- recreational players, especially in Florida for some reason, like t- donk betting is all almost always, almost always either top pair weak kicker or uh, a gutter. And then like 5% of the time, it's like some kind of nut hand. Um, right. So it's, so, you know, if he had like, first of all, you're blocking a bunch of gutters. Um, yep. So he's definitely weighted towards like top pair weak kicker. Um, and that being the case, I like a raise, uh, because there are scare cards. There are many scare cards, any club, I mean, any card that makes your hand is a scare card and ace is a scare card. Um, I mean, it's not like that dynamic a board where maybe he has like Jack with a weak kicker, you know, but I, I do think there are a bunch of scare cards out there that make draws, even cards that pair your hand, I might scare him. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, that's so fair. I, I do like, um, I do like a raise. Uh, so like, I don't like a huge raise because I, I don't think you need to, and I think it might make the stack size awkward. But if you pick it up to like, I don't know, if you make it like 60 and then the pot would be, and he calls, you know, then the pot is like 170 and you've got, um, you've just got a pot, you've just got like a two thirds pot size jam on the turn. I think that's fine. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I, I was kind of thinking, you know, given that there are so many scare cards, like I, I can check raise the turn a lot too. Um, so I was, I, I wound up, I, I was kind of leaning towards calling because just because I also hadn't seen this villain do this before. And I feel like when people donk like top pair weak kicker or like weak cans, they tend to do it like quite often. That's um, fair. So I was like not, I was kind of confused and I was basically like, you know what, like I can always check raise the turn, you know, 
if those scare cards come or if I make my hand. So at this point, you know, I'm, I'm at this point, I, I basically figured I'll just wind up calling. I think that there's total merit to, to putting in a raise as well. Um, so I, I just want to, if you, you say if a scare card comes and you, ch then you would check raise the turn. I mean, what are you looking to get called by there? I guess. Well, then, then it would be, you know, so first of all, if I make my hand, sure. Then I think I can, I can check raise and get called by, you know, if he has like, if he does have, you know, two pair, if he has a mm. set here, that which sure. is possible, as you said, you know, some, some of these donkers are doing that. Um, okay. But yeah, or, you know, if there's a card, as you said, that like pairs my hand or like an ace, then I can potentially be raising as well, you know, because I do still have like bu buckets of equity, even if I don't like make the straight or flush on the turn. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I think like if you pair your hand, it gets kind of weird because then like, well, now you have some showdown value, but you probably aren't good. So continuing to like semi bluff is probably correct. So okay. All right. Fine. So you check. You see, you call. It sounds like I wind up calling. Um, okay. So now the pot is around. Now the pot is around ninety. Uh, the turn comes a three of clubs. So we we bink the we bink the flush. Cool. So so the board is ten seven king three with uh, three clubs and the king of hearts. And there's nine in the pot, and you have just your I've what do you have behind now? 170. I've got okay. 170. Okay, cool. So I check to continue to, and I and the uh, and the villain bets 20 again, mm. which I'm like, oh I mean, God. it's a it's such a it's such a small bet, and I hear you laughing because this is like a classic live low yeah. stakes move of like I'm just going to bet the same amount. And again, it's kind of something that could mean multiple things, where like he could just be have a top pair weak kicker and be like, ooh, I'm gonna get him to call me with top pair worst kicker. Or he could have like two pair and he's like, I wanna induce him to call me with just one pair or some you know, some of that sort of weird logic. Yep. This is this is the other thing too, by the way, it's like just to back up a sec. So you make your flush on the turn, and if you check and he checks back, that's just a disaster. That's true. So that's, I, that's another reason why I kind of do like a raise in the flop. But okay, um, yeah, that's weird. I mean, you're it's you're right. Like this is just like the class. It's like all of the low stakes live nonsense in one hand. It's like donks into multiple people and then <laughs> name size on the turn. We haven't even gotten to the funny part yet. Oh, um, so I basically here my my thought is you know he could have two pair. He could also just have a king. So I kind of want to. I, I do want to raise here to like take the betting lead and you know, try and get it in on a river. So, but I think I can go relatively small here and try and get called by like a non-believing king. Absolutely. I love that. I was going to say like, just make it like, just click it up, you know? I, and I do go a little bigger than that. I, I wind up making it, um, I wind up making it 70, which oh, okay. is, you know, I mean, it's still pretty, it's, it's around a half pot raise basically. Mm -hmm. It's like I, when I call the 20, the pots then like 130, and then I'm raising 70 on top of that. Okay. Um, so it, you know, it's relatively small. I didn't just want to min click it. I could have probably raised like fifty, and then or forty five, because then I still have around a pot size bet left on the river. So I, I yeah. do see your point that like if I go smaller, I still like the river jam is still well set up. That's that's why yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm like, listen, if we can get the money in on the river, like I want to make it as small as I can possibly, and still get the money in on the river, because like whatever this guy's doing is like something really stupid, and like. <laughs> I just, I'm, I want his stack, you know? So here's where the hand gets weird. Okay, so I, I bump it up to 70, and he think he goes deep into the tank. Keep in mind, it's the turn here, and we both have money left behind. Yeah, yeah. He looks at me, and he says, wow, 
You're really gonna make me fold two pair here. Oh my god, okay. And then he calls. What? <laughs> See, he looks at me and he's like, wow, you're really gonna make me fold two pair here, and then he calls. Uh, okay, so he calls, which makes the pot... Like, 230, and I've got, like, 100. Oh my so, god. What is he... What? I don't know. Okay, all right. Now, the river is about the la is one of the few cards that I really do not want to see when he says, you're going to make me fold two pair, which is an offsuit seven. Uh, so the board is now 10-7, king, three, seven. What are the... Uh, okay, now we are... The fact that it's an offsuit seven is at least blocking some of the king, seven suiteds, if that matters, but sure. That's correct. Yes, there, uh, there are two combos of 10-7 suited and one combo of king, seven suited. There's only king, seven and diamonds left. And there's 10-7 of hearts or diamonds. If he's... I mean, I mean, he is in the big blind, and, like, you know, he wasn't completing the action pre-flop, but, you know, he was close to it, and so he is... It is, it is perfectly possible that he's got 10-7 suited. Yeah, It is also... Sort of I will say, like, at this level, he can have King-7 off and 10-7 off, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, he just can, which is just so depressing, but yeah, absolutely. He, and he, he could also just be lying. He could like because he like when people say stuff like that, like they're often weighted towards like the nuts. So he yep. could just have like a sex of clubs. Yep. 100%. Um, so what would you do here? So I've got a hundred bucks and the pot's around two thirty. Well, here's the thing. Like I don't think I'm ever folding if he jams, so I just put the money in. Interesting. See, I, I was kind of thinking, given given like the weirdness of him being like, I have two pair and then calling, I was like, I am. I was kind of worried that he had like, you know, a nut like a, a higher flush than me, or like boated up. Like I just feel like like if he's telling the truth that he had two pair, a lot of his hands are now beating me, and if he's not telling the truth, then he was probably beating me already. Okay. Which is like, but you, like you see, here's, so the, like, here's I, the thing. Here's here's the thing, Jeff. Think for a second. Think for a second. What if he hadn't said anything at all? Are you are you ever not jamming here? No, okay. I'm always jamming here. Okay. Well, then don't then just jam because like people say the stupidest shit at the poker table, uh, and yeah, like I. I he, he, like, he could either mean exactly what he means, or he could mean the opposite, or he could mean just something totally random. He could just be drunk. Like, I don't right. know. I just put the money in and, like, shrug. I, I like, you know, like, what makes a winning player at 2-2 two -two is it, like, that they respond to this, that they respond to this man's speech play correctly? Like, I don't think so. So I, I just put yeah. the money in and shrug. And I think that's fair. I think that's probably what I should have done. What I wind up doing is checking, because I was just, like, completely put in the blender. And I was like, I just, just like, am confused. But, you know. Sure. So I, I check, and I'm really not sure what I would have done if he would have jammed. But it doesn't come to that. As he kind of shakes his head, checks back, and turns over, King-10 offsuit. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, oh, my God. So he did, in fact, have the one-two-pair combination that was unaffected oh. by the board pairing. Wow. Which wow. is like the one reasonable one because I didn't think he had like I mean I guess he could have had king three suited but but so sure. so 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 he donked up two pair on the flop continued for like a one fifth pot sizing when the flush got there on the turn and then called the raise 
So, you know, so on the <laughs> on the on the flop, he was betting for value, and on the turn, he was betting to see where he was at. Cor- correct. And when I told him where he was at, he said he didn't believe me. Yes, that's 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 right. That's amazing. That's a good hand. That is it. That is a good. That is a good. T- <laughs> two two hand of poker. Oh, but but I do see your point that you know I'm I really should not be folding on the river like just given the stack depth. And if he had said nothing, I would have just gotten it in. So at that point, let's just let's just take the initiative and and get it in. And maybe like he even like folds a higher flush or something if he's like, oh my god, I can't believe the board bear. Blah blah blah. Yeah, not that I think he would, but he might even call with his two the two pair he had. He might call right, exactly. <laughs> You know, so 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 that's uh, that was just a completely confusing hand that I like. Afterwards, I was like, "Did that really just happen?" Like, I've never had someone tell me their hand and then continue playing streets with it. Yes, that's very good. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's just this is this is just a great like that's everything with everything low stakes live happened in that hand, and it's it's beautiful. So yes, so so that's 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 uh, that's it. All righty. Well, that was that was fun. Um, thank you to everybody for joining us for this first episode of the Bankroll Burners podcast. Uh, there are many more bankrolls to burn, so we hope you'll join us next time. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, thanks, Mike. We had a great time. I look forward to, to to discussing some more some more misplays in the future.